Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. I, I think I'm just going to start this way. Now, now, mind you, I grew up, uh, grew up Catholic, had a little Pentecostal experience, so all that means is I have some really bad jokes that I might be telling from the stage. But I've heard this over and over from preachers, and I, now I get it. And, and I'm setting up the joke just horribly, but just bear with me here. I heard one minister say, he says, I'm so excited, I feel like a mosquito in a nudist colony. I, I just don't know where to start. So that'll be my last bad joke. But let's do this. Let's, let, let's just pray, and we're going to get right into it. Father, I just thank you for this opportunity to speak. And Lord, I just pray that you would show forth your, your desire for intimacy and for closeness. Lord, I just ask you to speak through my mind, speak through my, my mouth, think through my mind, just to communicate what you want to so effectively in Jesus' name. So the scripture that I have for you that I want to really use as a foundation uh, it's in Proverbs 30 and verse 18 and 19. So it says this, it says, there are three things which are too wonderful for me, four which I do not understand. The way of the eagle in the sky, the way of a serpent on a rock, the way of a ship in the middle of a sea, and the way of a man with a maid. Now, oh my goodness, what is what is this saying? So there is a commonality of things in, in, in these four things. And it's this. What the writer's saying, I can't really trace, I can't track the process, the method. None of these things can be made to be roboticized. These things, the way of the eagle in the sky, I can see the eagle, but what makes it go up? What makes it go left? What makes it go right? The way of the serpent on a rock. If you really think about it, if you see a serpent on a rock, you could say, I see it's there, but I really can't trace the path of how it got there. Someone might as well have just dropped it on the rock because I can't see how it arrived to where it is. The way of a ship in the middle of the sea. Now. This is a sermon all of its own. You and I can have the, the same beginning and we can have the same end, but how we handle the middle is a little bit different. And in the ship in the sea, the waters, the wind, you can't really follow the same exact path of that ship, even though you can have the start, same starting place and the same ending place. And finally, my favorite, the way man with his maid, and I'll get into that in a minute, but I want you to look at also, there's elements represented here. The way of the eagle in the sky, that's the air. The way of a, a serpent on the rock, that's the earth. The way of the ship in the middle of the sea, that's the water. But the way with a man, with his maid, that's the fire. And that is a picture of intimacy and it is a picture of what God wants to do and what pretty much is on my heart for you guys is that God wants to bring you closer and to cultivate fire. Now, when I was looking at this thing, I was like, Lord, what am I going to say? And he kind of fills my heart with this. And 
each one of these things, figuratively speaking, I mean, it's like a sermon in and of itself. The way of the eagle in the sky, there's scriptures to back up. It's, it's like talking about success. I could see that you are being successful, but I also know your past. I also know you're not educated. I don't know how you're being so successful. The way of the serpent on the rock, that has to do with position. As a matter of fact, there's a psalm, Psalm 40 in verse 2, I believe it is. It says that you took my feet out of the miry clay and you set my feet upon a rock. Now that rock is Jesus Christ, and it is the place that we operate from in the earth. This is where we have our influence. And the way of the ship in the middle of the sea, I mean, this is the stuff Jesus walks on. This is how the way of how to deal with the adversity of life. And the way of the man with the maid, this is the, the way of intimacy. Now, all of those things are on the outside. The first three are on the outside. The man with the maid is the only thing that's done behind closed doors. And this is where God wants to, what, what I want to communicate to you, this is part of my foundation, is to have you embrace this calling to know God more intimately, privately. And what does that look like? Now, I'm a bit of a, I don't want to say a book nerd, but uh, I like to look at the stuff in the Hebrew and the Greek because it really paints a picture of what's going on. The word man in, the word man in the last part of that verse, it actually means warrior. The, the Hebrew word is geber, G-E-B-E-R, but it, it means warrior. It means a man of war. If you really, really look at the word, it means Southman. Oh, come on. That's, a little bit, that's, that's, that's my second bad joke. Um, doesn't mean Southman. Um, the word maid in the Hebrew is the word Alma, but it actually means a girl that just becomes old enough to be married who is a virgin. So the scene here, there's not going to be any awards for best love scene here. There's no best kiss. This is awkward. You've got a man who is a warrior that has to show tenderness, and you have a woman who is just old enough to be married who is going to experience something never she's done before. And I want you to know, when you start to engage intimacy with God, it's going to feel awkward. But for the tough guy, it's, it's, if, for, for the tough guy, which really this word means, it means to kind of take off your armor and say, God, I need you. I don't think I really understand what it means to hear your voice. Help me to be a good husband. Help me to be a good father. If you're this real, show yourself to me. Create the opportunity for God to reveal himself to you in such a way that goes beyond just coming to church. Amen, brother. That's pretty good. I, 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 but... Create that space for you. So this is all to show, yeah, this is an awkward moment, but push past it. Push past it. So, you know, that's, that's the foundation. I mean, you have the air, you have the, the water, you have the earth. This is about cultivating fire. So for what purpose? For what purpose should I do any of these things? 
glad you asked. Um, I'm going to say, turn to please, well, we could put it up on the screen. Um, I want you to go to Genesis, I'm sorry, Psalm 105. Psalm 105 and 17. Now, this is the story of Joseph. Um, I love the Old Testament. The Old Testament is just a picture book to me. As a matter of fact, my, my former pastor in New Jersey, he would say something like this. He said, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the old revealed. There's a lot of harmony that you'll see between the books, and they do not contradict. Uh, but Joseph is one of the best, I would say, types and foreshadows of Jesus Christ. There's a lot of similarities there. And there's also a lot, in a, in a lot of ways, we can relate to his experience. Now, Psalm 105 is talking about Joseph, and he says, he sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They afflicted his feet with fetters. He himself was laid in irons. And I want you to keep that up on the screen because you know, when I was really seeking the Lord, I'm like, Lord, you know, help show me where I should go here. They afflicted his feet with chains. And it's something that the Bible doesn't just say that they just put chains on him. It just says they afflicted his feet. And with that image is this picture of, I'm not making progress. I don't know if you've ever had this sensation of, you know, I've been married 10 years and I still can't get my husband to communicate. We're not making any progress here. I've been working in the same job, this same industry for so long and I'm not making any progress. I don't care how many times I tell my kids to clean their room for the last 15 years and they're not even moving forward with that. Joseph gets a dream from the Lord, and then immediately after the dream, it's like he's going in reverse. The dream is out there, he goes to slavery, and he goes to prison. And it feels like I've got no momentum. You need this more than you think. And I've dealt with that in my own life. Felt like I was not making any progress felt like I was not moving the needle forward at all. And, and get this, it says he himself was laid in irons. That word himself in Hebrew means soul. It actually means his soul. It's the same Hebrew word used when God said, let us, or, or when God made man and he breathed into him the breath of life and man became a living soul. It's the word nephesh. His soul was laid in irons. What does that mean? When you are so stuck and you feel like you're not making any progress, it affects the way you believe. It affects the way you, over time, you could be coming to church over and over again and still feel like you're stuck. And then, uh, then that thought would occur, well, maybe this stuff is not that real. Ah. Uh, his soul was affected by this. And I want to talk to all of you who have that sensation of you feel like you're not moving forward. You look good on the outside, but on the inside, you're, I'm 
not moving the needle. Psalm, I don't know if I, if, if I gave it to you guys, but I'll, I'll read it. It's in, it's in Psalms. It says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire is a tree of life. If you keep hoping for something and it gets pushed off the next year, oh, I'll get a job, I, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get better, I'm gonna progress in my career, doesn't happen. The deferred hope makes the heart sick. And if you feel like that, this is a word for you because there's not anything you really need to do but to have desire to want to know God more. Wow, you guys are caught. Now, Pastor Matt did tell me you guys would, were a Lutheran church that said amen once in a while, but um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test this. This is about intimacy. This is about closeness. So... Um, Genesis 41, we're still going to be talking about Joseph. Genesis 41, ah, yeah, this, uh, this is, let me not get ahead of myself, because this is really good. I want you to consider what we just read in that Joseph was afflicted to the point where his soul felt burdened felt overwhelmed. I want you to keep that in mind because God took him from that place and takes him to this place. Joseph named the firstborn Manasseh for he said, God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. He named the second son Ephraim for he said, God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. Now, that's just a good thing in and of itself, to know that you can go from that place to this place. But if you really look at, when I read Psalm 105, the way of the eagle in the sky, that really speaks of success. That could be, figuratively speaking, it's talking about success. The way of the serpent on the rock really talks about God placing you in a place of influence. I call it the way of influence. And the third thing was the way of the ship in the middle of the sea. This is the way of strength in adversity. And it's funny how we will pay money and seek to know those ways. We want to know the way to be successful. We'll pay money for that. We'll sit in seminars, we'll buy books, we'll get tapes, we'll do anything we need to do to be successful. Same thing, there's books on how to be a person of influence. I have them at home and strength just to deal with life. We all want to know those secrets, but how many of us want to know the secrets of how to be intimate behind closed doors? With God. That is the fourth. That's the fourth, Bill's coming up just to, just to give me some swag on this. That's the fourth part of that sermon. I mean, that, um, excuse me, of that song. A man with his woman. This is the way. This is what God wants to draw you into. It's beyond church. And when you get that, you get this. But listen, what Joseph makes a mistake here. And I'll show it to you. Joseph says, 
God has made me forget all my trouble. The word trouble there means pain. He's made me to forget all of my pain. And many times we think the same thing. When I get successful, I'll forget the pain of what I'm dealing with. When I get to be a person of influence, when I get to be placed in this title, I'll forget all of the pain that I went through. That's, the, that's sometimes how we think. We think that once we get that, the pain's going to go away. But I want you to look. Genesis chapter 48, verse 13 and 14. Now this is the scene, I have to set it up. Joseph, Joseph is setting up, Joseph is setting up his sons to be prayed for by his father Israel, also named Jacob. And he brings his firstborn. Now his father, his, he really can't see, but how Joseph positions him is his firstborn would be right here the right hand has to go on the firstborn. And the secondborn son is on the left side. Joseph took them both, Ephraim with his right hand toward Israel, Israel's left, and Manasseh with his left hand toward Israel's right, and brought them close to him. Now this is the blessing that he's getting ready to put on him. Now, if you look at Genesis, you can start at 17. And if you don't have it, that's okay. I'll, I'll read it to you. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll read it, uh, verse 13. Genesis 48, verse 13, if we have it. Yeah. But Israel stretched out his hand and laid it on the head of Ephraim, who was the younger, and his left hand on Manasseh's head, crossing hands, although Manasseh was his firstborn. So I want you to see it. Israel does this. Because Manasseh means fruitful. Now remember what these names mean. God has caused me to forget my pain in my land of affliction. And with Manasseh is he's called me to be fruitful. Here's my point. Fruitfulness is a result of germination. Fruitfulness is a result, it's the end result of fertilization. Fruitfulness starts behind closed doors in intimacy. And what God is saying is fruitfulness comes first before the success. When you are fruitful, God will deposit the things in you that will make you successful. We're busy chasing the success because we want to say, you know what, I want to forget my pain. And I know if I could just get this, I'll forget everything I went through. I know if I could just be a person of this stature, that will ease the pain of my past. God's saying, no. Fruitfulness comes first but we don't really look at fruitfulness in its totality. Where does fruitfulness begin? If you want to even bear fruit in the spirit, it takes time spending with him. And some of the things 
some of the fruit that some of us need to bear is joy before any of your circumstances change. Some of the fruit you need to bear in your life is peace before things get better. That's what we miss out when we do not get behind closed doors, when we're not like the man with his maid. And in that is fire is cultivated. God bless you, young man. I'm going to read this. Now it is, oh, I might close with two, two verses. Hebrews 4, verses 15 and 16. I hope I gave that to you. He understands humanity, for as a man, our magnificent king priest was tempted in every way, just as we are in conquered sin. Do we have the other verse behind that? Maybe I didn't send it. That's okay. Um, ah, you guys are awesome. So now we come freely and boldly to where love has been thrown to receive mercy's kiss and discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. This is behind closed doors. Success will come. The soaring of the eagle comes. The being established on the rock, that comes. The being able to navigate the waters of life, that comes. But we put the cart before the horse. We want the ability to do all of those things. But we forget about the intimacy part. I won't ask every woman to say amen where they, they think they can got it. A guy who needs to be more, a little bit more romantic. My wife is out there, so I can say this from the stage. But this is what God is, is a tenderness. For that man, as it is described in Hebrews, a warrior, this is coming out of your own comfort zone. What I love about Pastor Matt and by the blessing that he has been to me I'll even back up and tell you a little bit of the story. As French was saying, French and Laura are really the catalyst of us meeting. And we met, Pastor Matt and I, I don't know, it was well over a year and a half ago, I guess. And 2018 was not an easy year for us and our family. So my wife lost, his fa my wife lost her father. I lost my father about five, six months apart. Um, there was a time I'm at work and I tell my wife, we're going to start a ministry. A couple of weeks after I said that, my father dies in a car accident and I get laid off my job. And I am kind of in a stupor, like what is going on? God gave me this vision and I feel like Joseph, like I'm not making any progress toward that thing. And 48 hours after, I, I think it literally might have been 24 hours or the same day, I walk into a Starbucks and who do I see? Pastor Matt. And he goes, how are you doing? You want to have coffee? He has so much the heart of God because that's kind of what Jesus wants to do. He says, 
how are you doing? Let's, let's hang out. And when you think about it, I couldn't, like what I read in Psalm 105, I couldn't, I'm not smart enough to put these pieces together. I wasn't in the framework to say, you know what, let me call Pastor Matt, maybe I can hook something up to get my dream started. No, you can't track, you can't trace. These four things are too wonderful for me is what the psalmist was saying. It's hard to duplicate it, but I'm telling you, God has a very specific, direct path for all of you. And all it, all it takes from you the only thing needed from you is to want to be there. Jesus said it this way, hunger and thirst after righteousness and you'll be filled. Not get educated, not be a good boy scout, not be a good, good girl scout. Desire it. Do you want it? Do you want to know God more beyond this good experience? And I feel like this is where us as the church, and I'll speak from my own experience, we've missed it. We're good on doing things right. We're, doing, we're, we're, we're good on doing things. There's nothing wrong with that. But we lack the part about being relational. And when it comes to small groups, I exhort you, get involved. Sometimes relating to people that you can see helps you to relate to a God you can't. And you get to rely on people's ability to pray. You get to be encouraged by, this is kind of awkward, but I'm going to go push through it. It may mean for some of you that are married, hey, let me pray over you as you go to work. Father, just give my wife a good day today in Jesus' name. That's it. Embrace it. So um, my time... Oh, God, I, mean, I went longer than, than, than what I thought. Um, sorry. Sorry about that. I, I want to close by second closing uh, with Song of Solomon, um, chapter 8, and it's in verse 6 and 7. This is out of the message translation. Hang my locket around your neck. Wear my ring on your finger. Love is invincible facing danger and death. Passion laughs at the terrors of hell. The fire of love stops at nothing. It sweeps everything before it. Floodwaters can't drown love. Torrents of rain can't put it out. Love cannot be bought. Love cannot be sold. It's not to be found in the marketplace. Now, time won't allow but the same elements that were in Psalm 105 are actually here. When it talks about the terrors of hell, that's thoughts, that's bad thoughts, that's bad dreams, that's the air. The floodwaters, that's waves of circumstance that life throws at you. And love can't be bought in the marketplace, that's on the earth, that's where you are to stand on the rock, that's your place of influence. The same elements are there, and love conquers. When you face the devil in those areas, whether it's in your thought life, whether it's in your place of influence, wherever it is, love conquers it. 
My issue when I was going to church is I had faith, but I wasn't rooted in love. And when you don't have a real revelation of how much God loves you, it affects your trust. God loves you so, so much. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to, I'm going to pray and make it available. I'm going to transition it off. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for these people. I thank you for where you're calling them. And I thank you, Lord God, that you would give them such a desire to know you more because that's all you need to reveal yourself. Lord, I thank you for every life that's represented here, for every pain, for every sensation of I'm not moving forward in life. I feel like I'm stuck. My feet are in chains. Father, I thank you. You're going to bring them your Manasseh. You're going to bring them your Ephraim. You're going to bring them to the place of fruitfulness, and you're going to cause them to forget all of their pain. So much so, Lord God, that what they went through will be a blessing for other people. I thank you for Pastor Matt and what you're doing in this place. Thank you for, I just, I just thank you in Jesus' name. All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.